Hello, everybody listening to the Fairweather Podcast, Point 2K Suave. I'm here with Mr. Alex Rodriguez. Brown bag, ain't, you know, this poor man is a Knicks fan. I don't know how the outcome of this Philadelphia 76ers game is going to go against the Knicks tonight, but uh, the last time I talked shit about the Knicks because we beat them, everybody was like, oh, it's just the Knicks. What, have y'all lost y'all pride altogether? Like, is that what y'all are now? Man, they lost 15 of their last 18 games, bro, so... I know, but what, when Knicks fans are just saying, bro, we're just the Knicks, I'm like, bro, what happened to y'all? Y'all used to, y'all used to be cocky and braggadocious and, you know, Spike Lee mm-hmm. shit. Now y'all yeah. wearing brown paper bags and saying, oh, we're just the Knicks. We had a good team, man. We used to have a good team just because you make the play. I told you, what did I want this year? I said, make the playoffs again and win a series. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. So we digress once again, man. Not even a play in, huh? Saying, I don't even think they're gonna get the plan, bro. Like they're bad. They're y'all, really looking, bad. y'all looking like the, the, the Lakers right now. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Two of the most valuable franchises in sports look horrible, and all I have all this chaos surrounding them. It's kind of it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, but I mean, what what do you expect of as a Knicks fan, man? They're just continuously break your hearts, man. When they start doing good, like remember getting of the, the, the season, they were beating like the playoff teams they were beating they beat the Sixers they beat the Bucks they beat um the Celtics at that buzzer beat a shot from RJ Barrett uh so are the Wizards huh so are the Wizards yeah I know but they just they just <laughs> look really good it looked like we picked up from when we left off last year making the playoffs with you know a decent a decent run at it they're just they're just bad though like I don't you know, know what, what it was but... y'all got cursed by Trey Young <laughs> No, Trey Young didn't curse. Oh, uh, curse, curse, curse! Young hit y'all with that little Reggie Miller curse. <laughs> Trey Young, Trey Young ain't curses, man. Trey Young cursed y'all, bro. If he cursed me, he cursed you. So. He cursed us into James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. So uh, I'm cool with it. And another MVP year out of Embiid. So I'm cool with it. Trust me. <clears throat> oh well, we'll see what happens. But anyways, Knicks are playing uh, in Philly tonight on ESPN. So catch that game, uh, text my phone, make sure I got a pulse still. So anything's, anything's nice, but episode 58, uh, first thing we're going to talk about is the MLB lockout in the state of baseball. Uh, then we'll jump into the NFL off season, just have open dialogue all night on all these topics. Uh, then last we'll talk about, let's get it. We'll talk about the future of the NBA, uh, with the young stars that are budding and John Morant just, flourishing since coming on the scene and then for the fun segment i don't even know what it is kk is going to take it away i got a little surprise for uh for this big time uh sports fan that we have here we are the fairweather podcast so i want to see if he's a fairweather fan of the team that he that he claims or does he really give a damn about them so that's what we'll see we'll see if it's if it's like analytical questions you'll probably get me on all of them so i don't do analytics i do analytics all right, manalytics, analytics, whatever you want to do, bro. Whatever. You're that guy that pitching a no-hitter and then KK comes out with his glasses and pushes him up and says, we got to take this guy out right now. It could not be me because those are the people I want to choke. <laughs> All right, well. Well, with jump- that being said, that's <clears throat> part of the problem with baseball. Cause we're like, let's just hop right into it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just hop it. right into it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we all, we all know what's going on as of this moment. Um there's no baseball on the schedule uh, for the next, 
well, the first two series have been canceled or whatever. Did they say canceled, postponed? Like, what, what is their actual terminology on that? It's it's canceled as of now. The the Players Association is trying to get those games back um, and extend it longer, like the season a bit longer. They're trying to do that. But as of now, they're cutting the cutting it down. So I think 156 games is what they're going to cut it to or 152, something like that. 150 something games is what they're going to have. Nah, screw that. I love baseball is my favorite sport. So uh-huh. it sucks to see this. It sucks to see this happening, especially at the expense of the owners. Like the owners are just greedy motherfuckers, man. I'm sorry. Like it, call it what it is. It's it's stupid. And all it all comes down to paying your players. And, you know, a lot of teams are not valuing the farm systems. And that's what makes baseball beautiful is you have a farm team. I feel like out of all sports, that's the best way to see your rising talent go. Guys get hurt. It's a long season. We're going to rehab them the right way. Let's use the guys from the farm team and see what we get out of them. But they're wanting to pay overpriced for a lot of guys that are outdated for certain things. And that puts guys like Shohei Otani and, Cronenworth and a pickle when it comes to getting their contracts uh, because of, of their eligibility for things. So it's, it's just unfortunate because this, this is easy to, to fix. I've been, I've been reading about it all day about how they've been going back and forth with, with pay and with um, salary caps and all of this. And what have you, what have you, what have you learned with, with your reading? What have I learned? Yeah, like what have you like? like what, what are the numbers looking like? What how far are they apart? Like what have you? Every, you everything uh, that everything that MLB proposes, like for the the fourth year of of negotiation, is what pretty much what the players association wants for for year one. So there's there's definitely a gap in between from what they want and like what's expected. And it's just unfortunate because baseball profits a lot of money. I mean, all sports profit a lot of money. And I was reading, I think, I think baseball within the last two or three seasons has the, the prices, like, I think that, that um, ownership is brought in is like over 40% than previous years. So there's definitely money being made there. And if you're not being able to pay your players, or this is your discrepancy. Like these are the guys that come out and play for you. Yeah. And then, then when you have your commissioner who I absolutely despise Rob Manfred coming out there and just, it's like, you know, shunning a reporter. That's like the worst thing. I I feel like that's just bad. Look, yeah, on, on a like we're not going to miss you ever again. He said the few, then the reporters like the feelings mutual, like, Come on, man! Like being you know, a you know, Adam Silver is not doing that. Shit, Roger Goodell's not even going to do that. Like, nah, it's it's nah. just and, bad business. And we and we had a great commissioner and Bud Selig, man. Bud yeah. Selig was a great baseball commissioner. And this guy, I've I've never been high on him. No one really likes him. The players just want to play. That's all they want to do. They only, you know, I think Max Scherzer's there. Andrew Miller's there on the Players Association behalf. Tony Clark too, former first baseman. Um, it's it's just sad. And like baseball, like we always preach, it's it's like it's a dying, it's like a dying sport all the time. It's like a boring sport. And now you just made it more boring because you can't even start the season. So you know my problem, you know my problem that I have with the MLB uh is that the only time that we talk about the MLB, which I've mentioned this many of times, is because there's something wrong with the sport. 
There's yeah. always something. I mean, we could talk about gambling in the, in the Black Sox. We could talk about pine tar. We could talk about, you know, steroids. We talk about the game being too long. We talk about shift. We talk, there's always something wrong. And I think it's like an ongoing problem that they've had for so many years. Um, and, you know, we, I, you know, I kind of, you, you go back and look at history, shit, baseball, this is not the first time this has happened. And we're hoping it doesn't get to it, but that 94, 95 uh, labor strike, I mean, that was, that was, uh, <laughs> that happened. Like, it's not, it's not something that, that they're not familiar with. Uh, and then in 02, they, it, there was like another, it got really close again. So we're in this new era where it's, it's it, they, this had to happen. Um, the problem is, obviously, we all know the owners are greedy. Um, as much as people think, oh, you know, baseball players get paid so much money. Yeah, the top, the top dogs do. That's, of course, the, the, the best players are going to get paid a shit ton of money. That's just how it works. Um, but uh, the salary, because there's no salary cap, right? Um, so, but salaries were actually down this year. So we see yeah. all these $300 million contracts and we think, oh, wow, baseball players with a shit ton of money. But the salary was actually down this year. And there's no reason for that. When you got teams like the Marlins who are worth $2 billion, the freaking Marlins are, are listen, they, they have two World Series. So, you know, you know, Godspeed and, and good for them. But like, we don't look at the Marlins as a model franchise. You know, we don't look at them as like the Yankees or anything like that. And they're worth, they're worth $2 billion. Their Jeter just walked away from that the other day, like, like it was nothing. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's so much money to go around. And these billionaires are so, are so like, you know, keeping it close to their chest to invest in everything like that. And I look at, I look at the lockout as a, as a microcosm of like what's going on in the world, world, at least in the United States, where like, you know, after, after the pandemic, a lot of these big companies, Amazon, like the Bezos and Elon Musk and all these people made a lot of money, like a lot of money. Like, so the top dogs in, in, in uh, Netflix, they're raising prices. Amazon, they're raising prices. Like all these dudes are making hella money. And they got their factory workers making seven dollars an hour. It's just it's like it's 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 a labor struggle that we that we've had that we're seeing in baseball. That's kind of a microcosm of the world. And kudos to the players because I would, only in baseball do they have the balls to be like to not you know to not to not give in. Like you, you see you know you see them in basketball. You know, they might give up a couple games, but someone's gonna cave. But at least in basketball, they actually care about the players a little bit more. Football, they're always going to cave with football. Football, it's just they, 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 the players are never on the same page in football because you don't have the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's of the world speaking up. But in baseball, you got, I mean, Mike Trout just posted something today. You know, like you said, Scherzer, like all the big guys are, are coming out saying something. And, that's, and what they're saying is accurate. And plus, this all this does is it affects so many more people than just the players. Yeah, I think about the, the the athletic trainers and the equipment managers and the concession stand workers, the people that sell the popcorn and all that. It's just this this goes deeper than just you know the players not getting paid enough. So you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm proud of the players for for uh, for being strong about this, but I'm very disappointed in uh, that bum commissioner, and I'm very disappointed in, in these greedy ass owners because here we are another bad thing to talk about with the MLB. Like, as great as the sport is, I know it's your favorite sport. Every time we talk about baseball, it feels like it's always something. Like, last year, it was, like, the weird thing with the uniform checks and 
and it's just there's always it's always something. So it's just it's very the thing with baseball. The thing with baseball, I compare baseball and boxing very similar. It's a it's a sport where a lot of like old heads are still in it. Like this is the way we scout. We scout. We go to high school games. We sit there. We watch them like this. We we write everything down on pencil and paper and shit like that. They keep all these knowledgeable guys in it because that's how it's been done. So baseball is a game of advantage. Let's let's be honest. Like if you know the advantage on somebody like like tipping pitches, if you can read the yeah. pitches, you're going to work the hell out of that. Just yeah. like sign stealing is if you get caught, though, if yeah. you get caught, then you're, then you're what, about, what have I always said? Yeah, Everyone everybody cheats it. it. Even if it's, even if you don't call it cheating, the whole point of being a successful baseball team franchise player, you got to figure out what the other guy is doing and you got to <laughs> figure it out. And let your team know what they're going to do because you're just trying to get a competitive advantage. That's plain and simple. Yeah, but but at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like that's the same way with all sports. Like you can read players can read other players, but I feel like baseball and and uh, boxing they're they're like dying sports in my in my eyes of things, and it's just run by a bunch of old heads that say this is the way it was done, and they're greedy. And on top of that, it's like they don't want change. So if like something comes up. Like look at analytics, for example. Analytics took baseball by a storm and everybody was against it at first. They were like, oh, this is giving them advantage to this. This is not how you play the game of baseball. And then everybody started to carbon copy that, except for the big franchises that could afford players. Yeah. But other than that, like things things need to change. And I and as much as I hate analytics, I think it's good for baseball because yeah. the player the teams that can't afford these guys. They're going to be able to do this. They're going to be able to compete. Like, look at the Rays. There's a reason why the Rays are, are uh, competitive every year. Same thing with the, with the with the A's. The A's oh, are competitive yeah. every year because of this. They draft well. They bring up their their, their uh, farm system the right way. They don't rush guys out there. And then when they're ready to play, they're ready to play. And then they go get guys that plug and play, have the same stats almost as the other big-name guys, but they're not the same caliber household name. Yeah. So – they they know how to do it. So I, I I hate personally I don't like analytics, but it's good for the sport. It's a yeah. it's a showing of it's a showing of a changing of the times. Yeah. And and I'm okay with that. And it's it's baseball already is a slow sport. It's got to be more fast paced. It's got to be more fun and exciting. So I think I think when we last left off talking about baseball, we left it in the hands that it's in it's in good hands with guys like Otani, guys like Atis. Yeah talent and the excitement but you got to let these guys play if they want a bat flip let them let them flip the bat like it's 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 a high emotional game if you hit a walk-off home run and he does a bat flip and you're going to penalize him for that or throw him out of the game for it like come on man yeah. the best thing that happened in baseball was uh joe west retired this year like that guy thank god he's gone he's potentially the worst umpire in the world he should have retired 10 years ago that guy can't see a strike to save his life like he's gone. So that's a that's a good thumbs up for me right there. But this whole thing with the with the players association and the ownership, like owners got to owners need to cave in here, man. Like they need to meet some demands or or get close as hell to it, because I, I, I think one of the things they were complaining about base salary, base salary for like an MLB player was like it was low. And, and I think they wanted by the fourth year to like increased by a hundred K for, for like four years. Yeah. And then the players wanted year four to be the base going into yeah. the season. That's so we're I mean. way off. We're yeah. way off by like numbers there. So 
it's 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 just unfortunate man because all i want to do is watch baseball i really enjoy it tickets are always cheap to go watch Rays games man like i want to go to a spring training game at least like i actually i was actually looking forward but you know what i would i would like to go to a spring training game this year to go to go see the yankees i've i've only been to that stadium once where the yankees play here they had steinbrenner but i've never actually been there to watch a game i'm like you know i actually want to go there and watch the game my Phillies play in Clearwater. I want to go to Clearwater and go watch them play a, a quote-unquote home, home game uh, for the Supreme Training. So those are things I look forward to. But as far as, um, you know, just getting away, obviously, we know money. It, whenever there's an issue, whenever there's an issue in the world, I mean, look at Russia and Ukraine. When you look at all this stuff, the bottom line is always going to be money. So that's just that's just the problem. That is, you know, we're so ruled by money and it's, it's a shame. But... Uh, the other stuff, the on the field stuff that, uh, you know, that's part of this whole negotiation. Uh, what do you think about like this whole thing with expanding playoffs and stuff like that? The first year they did it, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I feel like it's something you test out. And if it gets good reception, like I enjoyed it. I like seeing more more teams be in the playoffs because there's a shit ton of baseball teams and there's only like six that get in. And it's 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 super short. Or do it like a play-in bracket, like we do with the, uh, the the NBA now. Like make four teams, one game, get into the playoffs, like something like that. But I don't know. I just feel like there's not enough teams that go and play in the playoffs, in my opinion. So I feel like we're, and I've been saying this about so many sports. I've been saying, but I'm, also, I'm also a big, I'm also a big baseball fan. So like I, I, I don't just know, don't... but I'm gonna just generalize this with sports and society. We're such in a business of giving out participation trophy. I'm going to agree. I am I starting to get tired of it. Like how baseball art. So obviously, you know, you win your division, you're in cool. And then at the time it was one wild card team. I did think, uh, only one. Okay. I that was a little unfair for I mean, you'll have a team win 90 games potentially and not get into the playoffs, which is you know, that would suck, right? So I was open to the idea of having the, you know, the the two teams on the bottom, like two wild card teams, quote unquote, fighting for that last playoff spot. But to me, that should be the extent of it. I don't want to see, I mean, how many teams are in baseball? 30? 30, 32, whatever it is. I'm not trying to see 18 teams in the playoffs. Like, what the hell? Like, what, what's the point of the regular season? You know what I mean? Like, I want – there needs to be value. You're having these guys play 162 games. If by game 162, you're not good enough to be one of those five or six teams in, in uh, your conference to make the playoffs, you are not good enough. Plain and simple, you're not good enough. 162 games is more than enough of a sample size. You know what I mean? So – and it's way too many games. It's it's a lot of games. I mean, the thing that baseball has in their in, in their in their back pocket and then that feather and that cap kind of thing is – uh nba is over in july in june uh hockey is done in june nfl regular season don't start until september so from about like june to september they got a monopoly like they really run shit in the united states of america when it comes to the professional sports i mean there's literally nothing else you're, you're watching baseball and that's it so they can play all these games because they can but to me if you're gonna have all these teams play all these games by game 162, you should know the top, I will say at the most six, where the top, you know, or five or whatever. It's like the three the division winners, the fourth, five. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll see. I'll kind of go back and look. But 
expanding the playoffs any more than what it is right now is kind of just to me it's just a little uh a little a little much a little much in my opinion plus i'm not trying to have these guys play baseball in december like <laughs> like what the hell are we gonna do plus also with foot when you, you watch the nfl look they're on on monday they're on on thursday and they're on they're, they're on on sunday and we're gonna get to a point which are probably on on tuesdays as well or something so like you're gonna have a big and i've seen it happen a big time world series game going up against a mediocre thursday night football game and that mediocre thursday night football game always wins so like they need to just do a better job with just scheduling and not having like this season run longer than it needs to this it's just, it's just, it's a spring sport to me it's spring and summer leave it at that once you start bleeding into november it's like bro it's, it's the hump for october you get through october by halloween this shit should be over first week of november at the max at the very max first three days of november because like i remember when the phillies and the rays played i remember like the weather was bad in philadelphia uh and i was like well i think I forgot it was like a storm or a hurricane, like a, something happened in Philly where I was like, damn, a snowstorm, it was something weird. I, don't, I gotta go back and re- recollect my memory. So just little thing, I just they just need to just keep competition in sports. A, not everyone gets a participation, a participation trophy and people need to be less greedy. And the people I'm talking about are the people up top. That, that's kind of my conclusion, but you know, it's always gonna be something with the MLB. It's just, it's a sad, it's a sad uh, fact, but it is what it is because it's always controversial linked to baseball. It's just how I see it now. Yeah, it's 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 very unfortunate, man. Because like all I do, all I want to do is just watch baseball, and, you, and you're not going to be able to see it on on time. Like Rob, uh, Robert Manfred is a fair weather fair weather baseball fan because he don't really like baseball. Let's keep it real. He's just a figurehead for a sport that's called uh, called baseball, for a league that's called MLB. I don't really think he gives a shit about any of this. So he's like the wrong person to be representing all this shit anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. you can just tell from the press conference and his emotion. Yeah. Like it, was, it was a shit show, man. Like yeah. you wouldn't see, you would never see Adam Silver come up that way or oh. um, Roger Goodell ever come out that way, man. Like this, this guy, like he's, I don't know. Like, I just feel like he's just, and then, and then even at that, they have like during the during the negotiations, um, I forgot where they're at. They're at like some minor league uh, stadium somewhere. But like he was golfing. Like they got videos of him just like golfing out there. Like, come on, man. Like, take this shit serious. They're cutting checks for you. Like you're supposed to be representing baseball, and you're gonna go play golf. It was like it was like it was like when um, Palenka was at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> the last day of the trade deadline, like, bro, y'all are in crisis. Or what's his name from Texas was in Mexico while his while his uh his state was about to freeze or whatever. I'm like, bro, what are y'all doing? Like, be like, look, you see these dudes in Ukraine, the president, boxers, wives, it don't matter. They're at the front lines of a war, bearing arms, bearing arms. Where you got what's his name playing golf? Other other boy at Disneyland. That's just that that is the problem with with society it's just like baseball right now is like a microcosm of society what's going on it's just the billionaires want to stay billionaires and they want to get rid of the middle class and just have more money for themselves so that's just how i see it like, I, I, I agree with you. i'm out of i'm out of uh i'm not Economy. an economics major or anything like that i just i just call it like i see it yeah no i i agree with you 100 there man it's it's just unfortunate man like i hope i hope something happens 
Um, I hope they can resolve this because if, if more games get canceled and like, I, honestly, I could honestly see the season being canceled. Like I could be, I could see it happening because these yeah. guys are, they're holding their ground. They're holding their ground good. And, and like Andrew Miller is very vocal about everything that he says going on. And, and he's, he's like, it's, it's time that we said something because, you know, we go out there and we, we pay 162 games a year and, you know, COVID, COVID put an impact on a lot of things as well, but like to not be compensated correctly and like know your value for shit, like, come on, man. Like there's guys that they bring up and they don't want to pay. Like, like the Rays are a prime example. I'm not trying to like dog the Rays, but look at them. They bring up minor league talent. So they don't, they have to play that money ball thing. They got to bring up the, the minor league talent. But if that guy's up just the amount of time to get paid, they send him back down. So he won't get incentivized. So and shout out to Wanda Franco. I'll get that money. If he's yeah. able to get that money, I don't know how that shit works with, with, with all of this. Yeah. But like you go back to like you just go back to his history. That's all you can do. With the 94, 95 one happened. I mean, they literally, first of all, in 94, they canceled the World Series. I mean, come on. That went went from August uh to 94 to April 95. Like that's that's pathetic. So it's not like it's impossible that this season may not happen, but obviously, you know. You just wish cooler heads will, will eventually kind of just prevail here. But look, like I said, the one thing I'll give baseball, like these players, they they're not gonna be walked all over. Like not like they that's like the one league where like you know the players do get their way. Like for as much as they they will make it a point to get their way. And then but and the owners, that's why the owners are pissed off. They're pushing, they're finally pushing back. They're like, look, we give them so and so four hundred million dollars. And y'all complaining about the minor league? Well, yeah, the minor league needs to get paid too. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They didn't get paid. They didn't get paid all during COVID. They actually cut the games. And yeah, guys like, didn't get paid. That's, that's working. That, that's working that's, in restaurants. That's the problem. Like they just look at them as just player number one, player number two, rather than you know John Carlos. John Carlo. His, his his name is not John Carlo anymore. What's his name? Stanton. His name is Giancarlo Stanton. It used to be Mike Stanton. Oh, that's what it is. He is Giancarlo. It was Mike Stanton, right? Do you do you remember why he changed his name? I don't remember. That's his legal name is Giancarlo. Mike's oh. like what he his middle name, I think, is Mike. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, but yeah, he's not playing number one. He's Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge or whatever. They're 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 people at the end of the day. So that's why that's yeah. where I'm at with all this bullshit, but and I and I, I I applaud them for sticking up for the minor leaguers too because one they had to pay their dues in the minors as well so they know how it is, you know it's not a it's not a day it's not like a an easy job in the minors man you got to travel a lot you got to and it's not by airplane buses uh, uh, buses and shit buses and, and and in small towns and you going to you going to uh or some shit or. Peoria, Illinois, and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and even at that, like you're, you could be called up, and and you're on a plane immediately to New York or to Texas or to or to Chicago, and then you go right back, and then it's a constant thing, nonstop. So you're you're sacrificing a lot of mileages on your body, traveling as, as well as playing, and then being subbed into a lineup just like that in one yeah. night. Like, hey, you're gonna play shortstop. The you most, ready? Are you ready, uh, sir? Are you ready? Let's go. Most, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. The most like uh, uh, lights on you the, the position. So it's 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 crazy to, to think that minor league baseball during COVID was completely shut down, axed, and nobody was paid. Some some players weren't even retained. Some players yeah. just like walked away from it. So it's 
hopefully baseball can resolve this. You know, I'm I'm hoping, but Damn. you know, yesterday's press conference was very very disturbing to see. Minor league baseball, there at most minor leaguers will make between eight thousand and fourteen thousand dollars. I mean, these are these people's livelihoods. Like this is all they got. <laughs> they're they, trying to they're make it out of a situation. They're gambling. They're gambling on themselves, man. Yeah, they're trying to make it out of a situation and. They're making eight thousand to fourteen thousand. I mean, I can go work at Walmart and make more than that. Shit, dude. Like this is this is like funny, but like it's also a joke to to think like how rich these organizations are. When I lived in Fort Myers, the Twins had a tryout for you to to make the minor league team, but you had to pay. Could you imagine? Like yeah. I make the team, but I had to pay. Like, bro, that's like that's like some see. high school shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like if you have talent there and 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 it's good, sign the guy. But I mean, pay twenty five dollars to come try out. Like, okay, don't even hold a tryout. Then <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. I wouldn't waste my time and go to that shit. But oh well, it is what baseball. It is. Baseball do better. We say that every time on this show. Every time we talk about you, do better. Um, I hate I hate to talk shit about the MLB boy. That's Every like, I remember a gold. I remember a good the good old days of baseball, and we're far from that. <laughs> we are. It's 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 a crybaby sport now. Everybody cries about everything. Oh, he cheated. Oh, he did this. Oh, this guy did that. Oh, were you doing that too? I didn't get caught though. I should oh, I should boycott baseball until Barry Bonds gets into the Hall of Fame. Which at this point, I don't know if that's possible anymore. I think his time is up. I think time there's like a, there's like a there's like a oh, uh, uh, like a governorship of like former players and like a few writers. I think it's like 20 people who could vote. They can still kind of write him in by the end of this calendar year. I think that's that's still on the table for him. But if I, if I had my way, I would just boycott this shit until they put my dog Barry in because shit. Barry and, Barry and Roger Clemens should be in there. Before, I, know, like, before. I don't even like Roger Clemens and he deserves to be in there. Like, I'm just going to keep I mean, yeah, he, of course he's going to be in there. Like, it's just, it is what it is. He's the most one of the most dominant pitchers of all time. Him and, and he, Barry and he pitched and he pitched at Sugarland, <laughs> which is like down the street, like where my parents live. He pitched down the street from my parents live. T Mac actually played in that league too. Yeah, too, yeah. yeah Sugarland. <laughs> Barry Barry Bonds before the stats too, man. But before before the the uh, Royd era, like dude was dude was an MVP with the Pirates, man. Like he was a good player. So he was getting pitched to by people on Royds too, and he was still. Banging them bitches out, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, two wrongs don't make a right, right? So whatever. Um, all right, let's let's shift to football. Uh, we're just gonna discuss off season with speculations, with combines, with draft, with all that. It's all open dialogue. So yeah, aren't you, you excited? Aren't you excited? You I have am, two picks in the top ten. I've been seeing some of y'all some mock drafts. Y'all might make but, out of here like like some some bandits here y'all might make out of here looking good i hope somehow i don't think it's going to happen but i hope um thibodeau falls to us that would be great he will i I think i think he will he could but like i think he might slip past y'all though but they'll be stupid to pass up on him but if they draft kyle hamilton i swear to like new york fans are already like sending messages to solid like don't draft kyle hamilton why he plays for Notre Dame, bro. Like, I don't want any Notre Dame guys. Shit. Like, I want I want that kid. If we get a if we get a DB, I want the kid from LSU. Derek Stingley. Yeah, I want bro, him. First of all, saw, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati is probably better than him. Derek Stingley just has football in his blood as far as like 
His like his uncle, I think his dad, his grandfather both played in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. But yo, Kyle Hamilton is the real listen. I I I have my reservations about Notre Dame myself. I just gonna, don't like I'm gonna keep it a buck. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna keep it a buck 50, 200 bucks, a grand with you. Kyle Hamilton is a monster. Is a monster, bro. And you know, we talk about um, you know, people don't like to put value in, 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 in drafting safeties high because you can get a safety in, in any round, basically. You can get a safety from anywhere. But there's something about having a a game changer as a safety or somebody who can really change your life in the back end. I know you had I know you had Jamal and you probably just have like PTSD on he didn't really do much for y'all and he he wanted to leave and all that stuff. So I get Dude, it. Jamal, no, Jamal was great for us. I got no PTSD. He I didn't really, want to be I there. Really, <laughs> no, he wanted to be here. They didn't want to. They didn't want to sign him and keep him. He Listen, wanted to be here. This they dude, didn't want to extend him. This dude, Kyle Hamilton, man, he's six four, two hundred twenty five pounds. I mean, he. I mean, he. He has no character issues. He's fast. He's strong. Shit, he will. He will protect the back end of your defense, and that's in the game that we play today, where the middle of the field is always open. That is a dude that you want to protect the middle of your field. I'm telling you. And luckily, I mean, we'll see what, what the, all these other teams do, but you do know the Bills are going to air that bitch out. And you going and you do know that Josh Allen's going to get loose in the pocket. And it's hard to tackle Josh Allen. You need a big dude. To, once he gets past your, your defensive line and your linebackers, you got you to gotta, you gotta have a, a – you know how, like, Derrick Henry, once he gets to the second level, it's a wrap because nobody is – everyone's scared to tackle him. Colin Hamilton's not going to be scared to tackle one of these, these big boys like Josh Allen and them. I'm telling you, I wouldn't, I would not be, bro, I, I would trade up. I would trade, I would trade up and go get him. And we're going to do, we're going to, we got to, we're going to get a uh, mock draft down. We're going to do a mock draft after uh, the combine so we can see what the hell's going on. But uh, I would trade, I would trade up to go get him. I yeah, I, <laughs> I, I want best, I want best available that's there. If Thibodeau's there, they better get Thibodeau. Um, I want a wide receiver too, bro. Like, I want I, I'd be happy with London Drake. I'd be happy with him if they got him with the second or our tenth pick. I'd I have not seen. I mean, I watched like a, some tape about him earlier. I mean, he was he's like, he played basketball and football. I love dual sport athletes because he's gonna be he's like what six five or something like that. However, the last dude wide receiver that we drafted from the West Coast was JJ Arcega Whiteside. So I'm a little. <laughs> I have my reservations right now about West Coast receivers, but I mean, USC good- receivers have been balling though since coming in the league, man. All the USC receivers have been doing good. Who Juju? Same. Uh, I'm on Rob Brown. Is doing pretty good with the with the Lions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would say Listen, as, me, as but a receiver, they've been, they've been panning out. To me, I will I'll be looking at one of these Ohio State boys, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, like well, either one of those two, I feel like would probably be better suited. Especially with the skill set that you have with Zach Wilson being elusive in the pocket. You need like what skill speed. What Garrett skill? Wilson he can't is, get out the pocket. Huh? What skill? He can't get out the pocket. He's he doubled up. Pocket. His offensive line is terrible. Why which is why y'all draw you talk about Kmart Thibodeau. Fantastic. I would I would want him too, but Y'all need to get one of these two offensive linemen because y'all got what pick number. So here's how I see. I think Jacksonville's gonna go either Evan Neal or uh the other dude who everyone keeps talking about. Uh he's Nigerian cat from NC State, uh Econ, Econ, 
Ekwangu, whatever, however you say his name. My bad. Nigerian, bro. So get My it, Nigerian get brother. So we already know, I feel like it's a fact that Jacksonville is going to take one of those two offensive linemen. And it's a fact that the Lions are going to take uh, Aiden Hutchinson. So it comes down to what the Texans do. If the Texans take Thibodeau, y'all need to go get this offensive lineman, I, I, the, the best available, either Buddy from Alabama or Buddy from NC State. Because y'all need – y'all, listen, at the end of the day, how it works, we saw what happened to Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. It worked all the way until the end of the year until it couldn't work no more. He got sacked 71 times in this calendar year. He got sacked nine times versus the Titans. It's just Ryan Tannehill's just trash, okay? He got sacked seven times in the Super Bowl. No matter how prolific your wide receivers are, like that last that last play of the game that he that uh he he got sacked but he kind of threw the ball away so it wasn't it wasn't officially a sack. Jamar Chase was wide open down the field because uh, Jalen Ramsey fell. So as great as Jamar Chase is, because they couldn't protect Joe Burrow one second longer, he didn't have time to see how open Jamar Chase was. And that's at the end of the day, I'm always a, a proponent that you win with an offensive line. You win with the O-line and D-line and everything else will kind of work out. So y'all need to go get – y'all need to scratch all the skill position stuff. I wouldn't – don't scratch Kyle Hamilton. You don't need him. Go get you the best O-lineman available and the best D-lineman available and then carry on. Well, uh, that's I how I would do if I was the Jets. I want to – bro, don't don't talk about my organization, bro. They're going to mess it up regardless. They're they're <laughs> You're going to get a guy. Nah, Joe Douglas, man. Joe Douglas is going to take care of y'all. Fuck Joe Douglas. Fuck Joe Douglas, oh, whoa, bro. Come on now. Come Joe on. Douglas hasn't done a single good thing except tear this franchise apart since getting there. They draft players, and they give up too soon on them. They butt into stars, and then they give up on them. Like, look at Jamal Adams, for instance. All you had to do was extend him. All he wanted was an extension, and they wouldn't give it. They wanted to play that hardball or hard how good is Jamal Adams? Let's let's keep it. Let's keep he's, it real. He's good. He's let's keep good. it real. I mean, what what did he do for Seattle? That was that was. I'm, that I'm giving you. I'm giving you examples. Look at Leonard Williams too. Leonard Williams was great with us. Not. I mean, he was good with us. Now he's been great playing with the Giants. He's how been great. Has he been? <laughs> he's been pretty good. Look at the numbers. Look at yeah, his numbers. I, I see that they're picking fifth in the draft. <laughs> I'm saying for his position, for his position, they give up on players. But so even at that, what do we back? What do we put there and sign with it? Nothing. There's nothing there. Quinn Williams, we're gonna give up on him soon too. He's good I, I, too. See, I, I hold on. That's who y'all need to hold on to. Hold on to them, big boy. But look, yeah, Evan Neal, Ekanwu, uh, Charles Cross. Uh, what's his name from Iowa? The center. Y'all need to. Go, y'all need to get these big boys, man. I, uh, y'all need to go get these. Uh, Beef it up in, a, in, a, in a, on the old we got, line. We got Elijah Vera Tucker. We drafted last year. We have uh, Makai Bechti. He needs to be healthy. Um, and then, yeah, I'd get another old line guy. Get it with the with the tenth pick or or in the second round. Get somebody. I'd be okay with it. Take a gamble. But I mean, they need they need defense. There is no defense there. It's all depleted, and they need receivers. Those are the two things I want the Jets to get. But let's. Let's look at it as a whole. Let's let's talk about football as a whole with the yeah. combine approaching, with all these uh, um, uh, players in college that are about to come out and get drafted, and then just speculating into the offseason. What I guess look at it from your standpoint. What are you excited about for for Philly season to start? You think? Do you think Jalen Hurts is going to be your starting quarterback next year? Yeah. Uh, well, what's his name? Uh, what's our GM's name? Uh, Roseman, Howie, Howie, Howie Roseman. He came on. They asked him. They look. Uh, he said, "Yeah, he he's our quarterback." 
Uh, Sirianni said, yeah, he's our quarterback. Everybody in the organization. They're proud of him, too. Everybody in the organization loves Jalen Hurts, okay? Like, he's, he, you know what? And I, and I used this analogy before. It was kind of like Dak Prescott. When Dak Prescott came to the Cowboys, we knew he physically wasn't ready yet to be that guy. But we knew he has commanded the locker room. The running game looked good with him on the field because Ezekiel Elliott was balling his first couple of years while he was there. Like, he was balling. Um, and they found ways to just win games. We found a way with this trash team that I, that we put on the field to win nine games this year, make it to make it to the playoffs. So after the bullshit that we went through last year with Carson Wentz, rookie head coach, rookie court, basically rookie quarterback, rookie receiver, uh, leading receiver. I mean, we had no weapons in the outfield but Devontae Smith. Um, Angels in the outfield that was a good move. Anyway, um, so he's a guy. So all this talk about us trading our three first-round picks for Russell Wilson, that shit needs to go to bed. I don't – that does not help us at all. So I'm excited that we have our guy. He's not there yet. But listen, he's only – he's going into his third year. We're going to – this basically this year is let's see how he does. Because if, if not this year or next year, look, there's some good – there's some good quarterbacks. Caleb Williams is going to be coming down the pipe soon. Bryce Young's going to be coming down the pipe soon. So – I'm not overly concerned about and this draft class of, of, of quarterbacks. Let's keep it real. It's it's not good, right? Like it's everyone's so enamored about Malik Willis, and that's pretty much it. And we don't know Malik Willis played at Liberty, so we don't even know what the hell's going on there. Trey right. um, Lance too, and Carson Wentz and Josh Allen. So correct, but they were actually excited about those guys. Hence why they went first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. They, 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 uh, I've been listening to people say like they've talked to all like these scouts and stuff. And they said there's no first round quarterback talent. They're gonna draft the quarterback because oh, yeah. that's what you do, but they're not first round graded talent. So as far as us, you know, we have so many holes to fill. So I'm just excited that every single pick that that we get, we just pick the best player available for what we're looking for. Who I would love to have, I would love to have David Ojabo, another Nigerian from the University of Michigan. Uh, who complimented Aiden Hutchinson this year? Probably made Aiden Hutchinson's life a little, you know, a little easier this year. Um, <clears> I think Ojabo can not like Michael Parsons. Like Michael Parsons was, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry about that one for for the next 15 years. But Ojabo can be like a, you know, kind of like because he, his story is kind of similar with, with Jason Pierre-Paul. Like they both, like Jason Pierre-Paul was not playing football until like his junior year of of, of of high school. Same thing with Ojabo. He was not playing football. He was playing back. He grew up playing basketball. So he has that athletic ability as a basketball player. I told you I love dual sport athletes. He has the athleticism of a basketball player who transitioned to a pass rusher. And he's for freaky off that edge. So I will, that's who I would, if I had to circle anybody who I would want in this draft, I would love to get me some Ojabo. I would love to get me an offensive lineman as well so we can protect my dog Jalen Hurts. And uh, I would like to get him another weapon, but this this receiving class is so deep that I don't really necessarily feel like we need to plunge for a wide receiver in the first round. I remember last year, I mean, it was last year, the year before, when the Bengals drafted T. Higgins. That was in the second round. I remember that pick. I was like, damn, that's a really good pick. So there's definitely very, I mean, look at uh, Michael Pittman Jr., look at, uh, you know, a lot of these dudes lately who've been getting drafted in the second second round, like there's talent in the second round. He's got to be a good GM to identify which one is a good player. So uh, if we can, if we have a way to get Olave or Garrett Wilson at that 19th pick, 
Yeah, I probably want. I'd probably do that as well. But give me a pass rusher and give me somebody else that can protect uh, my dog Jalen. And we need some some help in the secondary. So um, I wouldn't say, but that's just draft shit. What I'm actually excited about that's not had nothing to do with the Eagles. I'm waiting for this first domino to drop on this this quarterback carousel. <laughs> like I'm wait, I'm waiting. I was gonna touch on that. I waited. I was gonna say every every organization that these guys play for have given votes of confidence that they're all returning. Matt Ryan's coming back. Pete Carroll said, well, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan's on the contract, so he's definitely coming back. Yeah, but I mean, there's been, I mean, it's controversial. People said that they may shop him because they're getting younger, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to shop Matt Ryan. But <laughs> you say the same thing about Russ, and if Russ signs it, then it was all a lost cause. Like, you never know. I said this, I told you what was the one guy. I said, they're going to move him. Von Miller. I said, they're going to move him. You said, no, they're That's not. That's different. Von Miller is 35 and on his way out. Russell Wilson is at his prime. <laughs> I know that, but. Matt Ryan, Matt, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan. They 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 have no better option. What's the what's the what's behind door B? There's nobody in this draft class that the Falcons would want, and there's nobody Anything in the agency possible. that you get. Anything is possible. I'm just throwing it out there in my dialogue. So let me have my moment, okay? That's Give fair. me my moment, That's okay? Fair. So Matt Ryan is being is staying. Russell Wilson is staying. The Packers are saying that they're going to keep Aaron Rodgers, and they're working on a short term or possible long term deal for him. Uh, who's the other guy? I mean, the only guy that's out there that like isn't getting anything is Deshaun Watson. Like, and teams are calling about him. So, who's going to be the first one to go? Is the thing. First of all, that, that Jimmy G Watson. may stay. They said Jimmy G was like, we make well, Jimmy G got shoulder, shoulder surgery, and now all of a sudden, like he's out for sixteen weeks. I don't know if I'm going to trade for an already an already uh, what's the word? Uh, not malnourished. But, uh, already what's Banged the word? Up. That even banged up. Well, yeah, physically he's always been banged up. That's the problem with him. But somebody who's deficient as a as a quarterback, because everyone knows the 49ers are a quarterback away. Even with Jimmy G, who they paid a a, a a good amount of money to, even with Jimmy G, everyone knows the 49ers are still a quarterback away. I mean, the 49ers traded up to go get Trey Lance, a project, so that they can get rid of Jimmy G. So why would I trade for somebody who's already you know, not really all that great, has a bad history with injuries, and now has a shoulder surgery that's going to keep him out until, like, August or, or something like that. Like, so, yeah, he might very well be on, the, on that 49ers roster next year unless Tom Brady comes back. <laughs> Do you – all right, to answer your initial question, I think Aaron Rodgers gets signed sometime in the next week. I think that's going to be the first domino where I think I, he stays. I, I think that's – They'll franchise, uh, they'll franchise Devontae Adams, and they'll they'll give uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers like damn near fifty a year, if not fifty a year, for two years, and then call it a day. Uh, so that to me will we'll probably will happen with, with them. So once that domino, once that domino falls, my question to you is, then what's the next domino? Because now we know if Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. What's that next domino? Is it Denver? Are they going to figure out what they're going to do? Like, what do you think is going to happen next? No, no, man. It's it's all it's all up in the air. Carson Wentz is also tricky too because like they want to move on, but they don't want to move on. It's like not set in stone. I feel like the right next move would be to go get Deshaun Watson, but at the same time, like he's just a PR nightmare. Who Denver? So, huh? 
Who, Denver? Denver would be smart to get him, yeah. Yeah, that's, that was, we talked about it last year, potential move. We were like, yo, but if we go to Denver, oh, that was before we knew that he, you know, he he was a, a big fan of happy endings. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, that would be, yeah, that, that would be pretty damn good. Denver would be good. I mean, um, Pittsburgh would be good, too. It, there's a lot of good places that he could end up in. It's just I heard Pittsburgh's not trying to make a swing at no quarterback, like no big swings. It wouldn't surprise me. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't expect that either. I think they'll ride it out with Mason Rudolph and and Dwayne Haskins, such I think is a bad idea. But like Steelers have a ready to win defense right there, and the offense is just missing like two or three pieces. That's really it. You know what I think and, they do? Hmm. I think they draft Malik Willis. I was, that's what I was gonna say. I think they would too. I think, really would. I think that would be a, I think that would be a spot for him because you look at your division, you know, you got Lamar Jackson right over there. You got uh, that was drafted by Baltimore. You got Joe Burrow that was drafted by Cincinnati, who just made it to the Super Bowl. You got Baker Mayfield. Yeah, he's he has his his issues, but he was the number one overall pick. So the Steelers, the last time the Steelers had a quarterback. They drafted him. So to me, I don't think that's why I don't think they're going to go out and make a swing at anybody. Uh, I thought maybe Jameis Winston. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens with him. But uh, I think they'll, they'll probably go draft. Like, we'll see how Malik does at, at the combine. But I, to me, I think that might be the the move. That might be the move for it's, them. It's, it's, it's too early to call on a lot of things because, like, the combine is what kind of, like, gets everybody excited because we already have the speculation of what's going on. Then you got a guy like, uh, Beckton that runs a, a 40 in like almost wide receiver numbers. And you're like, oh my God, how is this guy running a 40 that fast? He's an old lineman. And then he shoots up the draft board when he wasn't even a thought. So I feel, I like the combine. It's great. I just think at the same time, it's also a very small sample size. Like they're just doing endurance drills for the most part. And I can appreciate that. But what does he look like in the game? Who did he play against in college? Like if you went to Liberty and you were old lineman, you're being taken in the first round, like, come on, really? Do, do you really want an old lineman from Liberty? Like, you're going to take that gamble or you're going to take a guy that won a national championship with Alabama and had to see D linemen that are going first round from LSU and Auburn and stuff like that in a more competitive division. So I don't know. I, I like the combine, but I think sometimes talent is overlooked a lot because of it. Well, but the thing about the combine is that Pretty much for the most part, you already know who your first round is going to be. That's just that is what it is, right? Your your first, I would say your first ten. The back end is is always iffy. Yeah, but you know, out of the out of let's say there's 32 first round picks, you know, you know, you could pick about 40 players that you know that will at least be in that top 32. So if I gave you like a, a, the top 40 players available, you know. 32 of them are going to be selected. Who the combine really helps are those guys that come from the schools like Liberty, come like Wyoming, like Josh Allen, that come uh, North Dakota State. It helps those guys who might be day two, three, day three guys that, yo, he, he looks good in the fifth round. We might, you know, if he's there, we're going to take him. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like Russell Wilson, like he was a third round pick, a fourth round pick. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. You know, we're talking about starting quarterbacks that are, Third and fourth picks. Great Brady, six. Well, the best example of all of that is Tom Brady in the sixth round. So it really helps those guys a lot more. 
obviously the running drills and the cone drills and stuff, that's cool. It, it helps certain players uh, a, li- a little bit. Obviously, to me, the big thing is health. Look, what what does their health look like? Did they have like remember Michael Porter Jr. going into that drive? I know, yeah, we knew completely different sport. We knew super talented, but that back is an issue. First overall pick, if he was healthy, he's missed half of his career because of that back issue. Like, and he dropped from a top overall pick to number fourteen, I believe, because his health. So. The biggest things about the about the draft and about the draft combine and stuff like that, how does that medical look and uh, character? Like, I want to see how this dude is around other people, how focused he is, if he shows up on time, like that stuff. All the other stuff, 40-time stuff, cool, whatever. But how how is he going to be in my locker room and is he going to be healthy enough to for me to, to invest a first-round pick on or a second-round pick for somebody I want to have in my in my organization for ten years, so that to me is the biggest thing about the uh, about the combine. But you know, it's 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 still fun. It's still fun to watch. It's still, it's I'm still excited. I I really love the NFL draft season. It's it's definitely a, a fun time to to watch. Um, I'm looking forward to doing these mock drafts because last year we had we had we had a little bit of fun with it last year. So I'll be more realistic. It. I won't. I won't put for Devonte Smith. I'll be realistic with this one. Yo, yeah, it's hard. The problem about doing a mock draft is that we have teams that we like and teams that we hate in that draft in that mock draft. So we'll probably lean towards picking guys that we want and and hoping the Cowboys don't take that guy or hoping the uh, Patriots don't take that guy. So yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the only issue with it. You lean. You lean with what you want too, and what your team like. You, we, I, I have a crappy team that I root for, and they. They just need everything, to be honest with you, and they're and they're going to draft, you know, whatever they need, whatever's, whatever they think, and not like best available or, who knows, they could even pass on like a Kayvon Thibodeau if he's there and go get Kyle Hamilton. They're just like, why would you do that? Yeah. But that's what they think they need. So, it's it's a question mark with at least with my organization when it comes to drafting. Second round for you, second round for you. It's kind of what what's going on here. Second round of what? Drafts. I know. When was J was JJ RC or Whiteside drafted in the first round or second round? Why are you why are we mentioning that man's name? <laughs> we did also draft Jalen Rieger over Justin Jalen Jefferson. Rieger too, yeah. So yeah. I mean, yo, I remember looking at it, going into that draft, I had never heard of the kid in my life. So we draft bro, you know how you all people say who? Remember that Snoop Dogg? Who? Like, bro, I that was the biggest who I've ever had in my life. I, I still remember I was sitting, I was sitting on the couch and I remember I didn't have a haircut. Oh, that was during the pandemic. That was 2020. Bro, I was looking busted up. And I remember I didn't have a haircut. I'm looking crazy. We're freaking locked down. It's this weird virtual draft where Bill Belichick has his cat or dog or something on the seat. I'm like, this is weird as it is. And then we and then with the number 22 or 21 or 22 pick of the NFL draft, I'm here on my way Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Philadelphia Eagles select, Jalen Rieger, TC. I'm like, who the f- <laughs> Bro, I've never been so mad in my life, though. I'm like, at least like, when JJ was saying white side at that time, I was actually happy with the pick. I didn't know. I didn't realize. I heard DK Metcalf had heart issues or back issues. I'm like, ah, whatever. And I was like, oh, he's 6'5". He can jump high, gold. Yeah, maybe he'll work. But uh, man, uh, terrible, terrible, terrible nightmare. However, I got my next thing I'm excited about, or 
I kind of wanted to have a conversation with you about because I think it's pretty interesting. We talk about quarterback carousel. We talk about head coaching carousel. You know what carousel we don't talk about? Take a wild guess. Mm, GM carousel? No, the carousel of NFL uh, commentators being moved, getting paid and moving around. Bruh, so obviously, I think it started, it happened last week, but we didn't talk about it because I didn't know it was official. But Troy Aikman is taking his talents to Monday Night Football. And he about to get paid, like, I think it's like a five-year, $80 million deal or something like that. Tony Romo getting paid $20 million. Like, you know, it's, it's Tony's fault, by the way. Tony Romo got to CBS and blew the doors off. I mean, blew <laughs> the doors off of the competition. And now, think of, look at all sports. You're seeing it in baseball, too. You're seeing it in baseball. You're seeing it now. They're talking about Derek right. Jeter possibly having a Jeter cast. You got Eli and uh, Peyton Manning have the Manning cast. You got Tory Aikman going to Monday Night Football. You got Al Michaels thinking about it. You got Sean McVay thinking about leaving coach. Like, Sean Payton quit. Like, he might go get $20 million to go do Amazon. Like, what do you think about this whole, this new wave of, like, we going to pay Buku money so somebody can go talk about football for three hours? I mean, I, I, I'm okay with it because then we're going to get Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, and I'd rather, <laughs> you know, I'd rather listen to Fran Drescher talk about politics for an hour than hear that yo, shit, man. Yo, Collins, listen, Collinsworth is, is going to get paid a lot of money, too. Because is, Al man. Michaels wants him, and I think Al Michaels is going to Amazon. <laughs> Yo, send on Michaels wherever, bro. I just put him on Nickelodeon, man. I don't want him anymore. I can't stand listening to Al Michaels, bro. What's wrong with Al? He's like a sweet old man. Screw that, man. What's wrong with Al? What's wrong with Al? What do you do? He's boring, bro. He's boring, and his toupee is definitely like airbrushed on there, man. I think you're more mad at Chris Collinsworth than Al Michaels, bro. They're both boring. They're both. (laughs) They're like There's the puppets. The, they're like exactly. They're they're like the puppets from uh, what is it? The Muppets, Muppets. that are up the, in the Muppets booth. In, in oh, the look at this guy here! Oh, screw <laughs> that, man! Here we like, go. <laughs> just just like coaching, just like sports, everything's changing. You want people you can relate to. You can't relate to those guys. They've seen it all. I I got to see John Madden call his first game, dude. John Madden's dead. Rest in peace, well, man. Well, like, Chris Collinsworth is that. Hey, he played the game and he played it at the high at a high level. I mean, who people don't even know this about him that don't know he's about a wide football. receiver too. He was a, a wide, wide receiver. receiver for the Bengals, and he was he he all his records are finally about to get broken by Jamar Chase of all people. Not even Chad Johnson. Jamar Chase is gonna he's the one that's breaking his record. So yeah, he knows the game from a skill position standpoint. I yes, I know his he's quirky and whatever, whatever, whatever. We're getting tired of hearing here's a guy, and here's a guy, and here's a guy. But listen, as much as I don't like Troy Aikman, I would take Troy Aikman over Booger McFarland, over Jason Witten, over all the bullshit that they've tried to John Gruden left. They've failed miserably. Even this crew right here, I like they're okay, but I found myself going to the Manning cast because I didn't want to hear Steve Levy and all these guys anymore. Troy Aikman, though, as somebody, because you 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 live in the AFC world, I live in the NFC world, and in the NFC world, at four twenty five p.m. on a Sunday, for the most part, it's going to be Troy Aikman and uh, Joe Buck. And with that being said, the Eagles I have had the Eagles have had some success. So whenever Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are calling an Eagles game, I'm like, oh shit, this is a big game. And I, 
I love that feeling. Like, that was, whoa, shit, this is a big game. So you know Monday Night Football every week because I think Troy Aikman wants to bring Joe Buck with them, which would be weird to see Joe Buck on ESPN. But uh, oh. he wants him. <laughs> he, he, he wants him. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. That would be, that would, I mean, as much as I don't like their comment, Troy Aikman specifically commentary because he's such a cowboy lover and you can just hear it Exactly. Anything is cowboy. You can just cowboy. hear it in his voice. At like least, Teddy you know, Booth, the Monday yeah. Night Football games will feel, ah, they're a little bit bigger now with their voices there. I mean, they are. Like, you remember when John Maddie used to call the game back in the day? It felt like, all right, this is a big game. A, boom. Boom. It's a Brett Favre game. Like, you know, oh, this is a big game, <laughs> right? Tony, Tony, Romo, Tony Romo has made that possible. He really has. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think, I think it's pretty cool to see all this, uh, this, all these dudes get paid. And that's why go back to all the labor shit that's going on in the MLB. It's going to happen in the NFL. It's going to happen in basketball. When they start seeing that announcers are getting paid more than the players who actually play the game. Like, Tony Romo makes more money than Kyler Murray, right? Like, how's <laughs> Kyler Murray? Of the Oscar about Instagram, too? Like, damn, Tony Romo will pay how much? Shit. <laughs> I'm the face of the franchise, so I, I get it a little bit. Like, I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather entertaining commentating or, or breaking down of the plays that happen. Like Tony Romo's just a good football mind. And like, he's not Chris Collinsworth dinosaur fossil thing. It's just like, I, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta get blood in there that people can relate to. And that's, that's entertaining. I mean, at least with like NBA T or with a TNT, like at least Charles Barkley, Shaq and them are like big kids. So you can like relate to them. But the difference is that they're in the studio. They're not doing play by play. True. You're like right. the people I mean, doing play by play for basketball right now, the only ones I really like is still Mark Jackson and them. Yeah. Mike Breen. Mike Breen, Mark, Mark Jackson, and Jeff Van Gundy. And they're old. I mean, they're they're not like young bucks or anything like that. Reggie Miller to an extent, but he's a little corny. They got rid of Chris Weber, which I, I miss Chris Weber. I miss uh, Chris Weber too. Grant Hill, he's okay. Like then like you look at the young guys in the NBA doing it. There's nobody who's like Wow, he's really good. Like it's Chris literally Weber. I like Chris Weber, man. I don't know why they got rid of him, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's always something with somebody. It's always something with Chris Weber. Like I'm I'm happy he finally getting get into the Hall of Fame, but it's always something with Chris it's for his whole career. Ever since he called timeout, oops. <laughs> he called timeout. Ever since then, it's been like always something with him. But but yeah, it's but yeah, you're right. There should be some good young blood coming in uh in, in football but hey this is where we are <laughs> al michaels is 78 still wants another <laughs> another job <laughs> yeah man i mean it is what i thought he was going to retire this year but i mean amazon jumping in now is going to be gold mine for him if he goes there because he's got the name the resume he's called it all he's just i've never been excited to see a, a chris collinsworth and al michaels game to be honest with you it's it's as it's still sunday night football still has that feel like when those two are on the call it feels like no matter how bad we think they suck, it still feels like it's a big game. Like, all right, it's a big game. If Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are on, if uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo, if Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels, if they're on, all right, this is going to be a game, right? So, I don't know, media is changing, but I'm telling you, what, what we're going to see is this metaverse about to take off, man. I'll just be ready for that. <laughs> Y'all be ready for this metaverse to take off. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's go to NBA now. Let's let's talk about the future of the NBA. I mean, 
we've been seeing it since since the all-star game and a little bit before actually all year man john Morant is putting on a show and Stephen a said it best he's just a taller version of Allen Iverson for the most I'm not, part. I'm not, I'm not, y'all waiting for Stephen A to say that, because I definitely said this already about him. I said, John Morant, when I close my eyes and I wake up and I look at the TV and I see John Morant playing, I go like this, you know, I got to wipe, wipe the cold out of my eyes, see who's this page of me and why is John Morant on the TV screen. I'm like, damn, that dude remind me of Allen Iverson. Like how Allen Iverson made me feel, my all-time favorite player, Allen Iverson. How he made me feel when I first saw him play basketball is kind of what John Morant is doing for me right now. Like, like, and I remember like last year, you you talking all that shit on Twitter saying I didn't say this. I said I have a short list. I gave you five players. I said Booker. I said Luca. I said Giannis. And I said John Morant was on that short list. And as I got later and I looked at some old, my old tweets, I always have fact check myself. I'll be saying, yo, John Moran's that dude. John Moran's that dude. Zion. I say John Moran's that dude. I said, Zion, I don't know about him. John Moran's the same thing. we all said that about I've Zion. Saying, so, but I've been on this John Moran wave since I would say, I would say like college, I wasn't really onto him until like the tournament. Either. It wasn't until the tournament. I was like, oh, he's for real, for real. Because he's doing this shit in the big stage, right? But it wasn't until draft where I got to watch more video of him, and I was like, "Okay, this kid is this kid." Yeah, he played nice. at Murray State. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with Murray State? I'm sorry, like, what am I supposed to do with that? But yeah, this kid's for real, man. Like my, I pray on everything that he doesn't end up like Derrick Rose. That's all oh, I ask. Too. That's all That's, I ask. I'm hoping too, because he's he's kind of like a contortionist too when he drives. So. Bruh. But he wants to be on a highlight reel every night, man. Every night. God, but that shit that he pulled against the Spurs, the dunk and then the point four second Eric Fisher shit. I was like, golly, who is this guy? He's he's a special talent. And ESPN was talking uh, about it before uh, tip off tonight. They were saying, is he going to be the future face of the NBA? I could I could probably see it, man. If he keeps playing the way he's doing and I could see him as a as a good person to pass the torch to. But. I mean, Memphis in general is just not a place that we've known to be a go play. But when you got a kid like this, I mean, that turns some heads. And, That's and, gonna turn some heads. And Woj was talking about like the pick that they've got that they got from the Lakers that was sent to the Pelicans. It could go back to the Pelicans, it, depending on the Lakers' uh, record. And they would possibly have like, I think, two or three first round picks. And then on top of that, they're like one of the ninth lowest in salaries. Like, dude, listen, it's an enticing place to go play if you listen, want to play with John Morant. Milwaukee, whoever said Milwaukee was a <clears throat> cool destination to go. Giannis just made that shit cool. Denver, Jokic is making that shit cool. And now Memphis. Oh, we gotta give we gotta give Jokic some flowers right now, yeah. bro. Yeah, we, we do. do because like no do. no Jamal Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. And this guy is like. A silent and I mean he won MVP last year, but he's a silent MVP candidate. Like Yo. he's like the back end, but like look at what they're doing. That's insane. You gotta I'm give them. I'll, I'll keep it a buck, man. I'll keep it a buck. I you know my dog and B. That's my boy, right? But, and B's my MVP. And but this dude is clicking at his heels. How he has this team playing this well, like as a big man, 
and uh, unathletic big men at that. He's not no Giannis. He's not no MB. He's not none of these big men that can do shit. He's a big slob looking, you know, you know, middle European looking guy, and he balling, balling. Could you and- imagine? Could you imagine? I, it's not going to happen. We're not going to see it because none of these organizations are going to let these guys go. If him and Luca were on the same team, I think it's going to happen. I don't think Denver. Bro, like, I don't know when. I don't know how. But that to me would be a match made in heaven. That would be a match made. That's in what Luca needs. And they're going to win so much, man. They Actually, no. Will that work? I think so. Because they both ball dominate. I don't see them as that. I see them both as 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 a lot of team or they they play Europe style basketball. True, like true, true, true. like correct. Joker correct. still passes the ball for a big man. You're and you are absolutely correct. Absolutely. You got to look at European basketball is different from NBA basketball. When you come over here, we see him as ball dominant, but still, like, let's not lie, Luca's getting like almost ten assists a game, and Jokic is getting like six or seven. Eight, so eight. Jokic is giving you twenty five. 14 rebounds and eight assists a game and 1.4 steals in case that's not enough. I'm like, what the fuck? No, give this man some flowers. How is this man? Like, honestly, I'll, 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 that's somebody that I will, I wouldn't say I necessarily need to apologize to him because I never said he was trash or anything like that. We just don't talk about him. But we don't talk about him enough. And that's, that dude, he deserves every flower that he wants because he's, he's a beast. So I would, but and the thing about Denver, talking about team future, because uh, Memphis is a scary team to to, to, to in, in the playoffs once they get in because they're young and they can do shit. Denver is scary because they're doing all this shit, and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are probably going to be back this month. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be you have to adjust to them and then the lineup and everything. You probably don't want to overwork them, but right now Denver is thirty six twenty five at six in the West, so they wouldn't have to worry about a play just yet. They would have to play Memphis in the first round, had it if, if it all ends today or some shit. But I mean, I think Memphis I, could take down. I think they could take down Memphis, no problem. That would be a fantastic series, John Morant and those young bucks he got coming behind them against the the MVP uh, Jokic and he got Jamal Murray coming back, Michael Porter Jr. coming back, Austin Rivers and only that's a that would be a dynamic uh, dynastic. But another team. That we're not giving flowers to, who I admit I I screwed up on Minnesota, the T Wolves. They've been balling. I mean, they they're, they're thirty four and twenty nine. I mean, it's, keep let, let's let's put this in perspective. They they have seven more wins than the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> seven more wins than the Los Angeles Lakers. And Carl Anthony Towns, I think he was having a good season, but him winning that three point competition got the eyes right back on that on him again because. We've always expected a lot out of Car Anthony Towns. You know, he has he's been dealing with injuries and loss and stuff like that. So, you know, it's been a weird family, too, man. It's family, man. Yeah, he's been dealing with a lot of different shit over the last couple of years. But seeing him playing this well again right now, and he's got his team looking pretty decent right now. That's a that's another that's a dangerous one right there. Golly. I'm looking at the they, middle. They are, they're just they're just they're just missing. It's like there's three monsters there. There's three monsters and everything else. Like, I couldn't tell you anybody else on that team, really. I mean, Pat Bev's there, too, but Pat Bev is irrelevant to me. Yeah, but they got Anthony Edwards, and that's all you, that's all you need. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. Uh, Anthony Cat, Russell, D'Lo, 
and uh and cat and we're gonna make it happen <laughs> it's the young core yeah no i i think so but i just feel like they're just there's just something missing there i think that's pat bev gives them that veteran leadership that they need though like every young team needs that vet like that's my only issue i have with memphis is as as great and as fantastically talented they are who's the grown-up in the locker room jonas valanchunas isn't or is it he's not there is he or is he, it he, is adam steve adams steven adams steven adams yeah i guess there. he is but steven adams how old is steven adams guess how old he is i would say 30 i don't even think he's 30 i think he's like 30 or 29 i think he's like 27 or something like that he's 28 years old Mm. They're grown up as a 28 year old. Like he's still a kid. <laughs> he just looks like he's a grown ass man that that's fought in, in wars and shit. But nah, he's he's 28. So yeah. to me, they 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 if they had remember how like Chris Paul came to Phoenix and changed their life? It's that simple. <laughs> it's that simple, bro. It's that simple. They just need a grown up to be in the locker room when it, when the, when the rubber needs to meet the road. They just need a grown up to just calm everybody down. To me, that's that is what they need. Outside of that, Memphis looks good. Denver will 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 look good, but uh, I mean, the class of the West is still. They got to go through Phoenix. You think they're still gonna be straight? I mean, Chris Paul's gonna miss some games, and they they they've lost two in a row now. But you think they, they Booker, Booker's in protocol too, so he's in protocol. Yeah, they might slip, but I think Golden State they've lost two in a row as well without Draymond Green. But I, that team is so different. Like we, that's another dude I think we need to give flowers to. Draymond Green's importance to that basketball team is is people just don't get it. Don't get He's it. He's the glue. He's, He's the, the glue. He every great team. That's why I look at this this Ben Simmons situation in Brooklyn. The only way that's going to work is if he accepts that his role is a more athletic Draymond Green. If he doesn't accept that as his role, they will flounder and they will fail. But that's how great and important Draymond Green is to that glue and that that nucleus. Is I'm telling you, they don't that first championship that they won against Cleveland. They don't win that without Draymond Green. Uh, and then I mean, we can debate the, the the next ones with Kevin Durant, but obviously Kevin Durant being there helped. But even that yeah. 2016 one, he got suspended for a game, and everyone thinks that's the reason why they lost, even though he was there for Game Six and Game Seven. But anyway, Game Seven. Had they won that game, he would have won the finals MVP. He had a triple double in game seven. Like he's like 27, 10 and 10 or something like that. So that dude is that dude is uh that dude is formidable. So I think I, I still think Phoenix is the is the team that you gotta deal with the most because Chris Paul's issue is, is is a hand on an, and uh Draymond Green's issue is a back. I'll take a hand issue over a back any day. The back is not what you want to have hurt. So I yeah. still think Phoenix is the team that you gotta beat over there. I, I think so too, but I think I think I don't know. I'm I'm more set on the Warriors. I think the Warriors are gonna get some pieces right back at the right time. Um and, and don't say gonna... James Wiseman because everyone keeps saying oh, James Wiseman. I haven't seen anything yet. Sorry. I'm not I, I'm tired of hearing James Wiseman, James Wiseman. I, I have not seen anything. He didn't play in college. He basically so, didn't play his rookie year. I he's not played basketball in three years. <laughs> The Warriors develop talent. That's all I can say. And the best one who's developing Ooh. and making – they develop players. What are you talking about? Jordan like, Poole. <laughs> Gary Payton. Yeah, Jordan Poole, Gary Payton Jr. Like, come on. Like, Gary Payton Jr. has been on like eight teams. And now he's, like, doing – he has a role. Fine. They develop Fine. I'm, being, I'm being a hater. I'm being a hater. I'm being a hater. <laughs> give give Wiseman some time. But I, I feel like, like Draymond Green's getting the best out of him. 
Draymond Green bullies that kid into being a better player. And you saw it with the first half of the season. Like, I remember his first game, he, he dropped like 15 or 16 points with 11 boards or something like that. And Draymond Green was all on him, still like telling him, you got to be here, you got to be here. Then when they benched him, he was still hard on him. So James Wiseman's the second overall pick. You can't slouch on that, man. And we always said the Warriors are never going to get a big man, and they finally go get a big man two overall. And he's going to factor in somewhere. But I'm not saying he's the thing to, to make them better. I just think the Warriors, like, Steph is just a cheat code. You, you saw know who you, also, you know who also is a number two overall pick? Hashim the beat, big man. If I'm from the school that you love, UConn. He wasn't, he wasn't the Warriors' second round pick. I'm just saying he was a number two overall big big man from UConn. That was that was a uh, uh, Memphis. So don't that's, be that's shit to me. Number two overall pick. Don't be shit to me. Uh, Sam Bowie got drafted over Michael Jordan, number two overall. pick. I know, but but Hashim <laughs> the beat. had a like. This is this is year two for this kid. He's coming back. Like his rookie year, he started off hot and then got hurt. And then Bro, what a disappointment Hashim the beat was. Yeah, man, telling me, man, I really liked him a lot. But he was a great shot blocker. Do you know uh, the most points per game he ever averaged in his career was three? Hashim Thabit wouldn't surprise me. The most he ever averaged in his career was three points. A number two overall pick. That's terrible. <laughs> rebounds at his height, seven foot three. The most he ever averaged, 3.6 rebounds. Oh my god! Blocks the most one. Jeez Louise! <laughs> but he was a monster in college, man. That's all college. I can say. College. college. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, are we gonna give any respect to the Miami Heat yet? Oh, I give respect to them. I like I like what the Heat are doing, man. I'm just I'm I'm talking about all the young town and then the future of the NBA is what I want to oh, talk yeah, about. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Tyler sure. Hero, Tyler Hero, and Bam like. They're good for me, man. I, I I was a big Tyler Hero hater, but I think now he's got his role and he knows where he fits in and plays plays the role he needs to play. If he needs to start, he starts. Comes off the bench fresh, drops you 20 a game. Like, he's good. And Bam, yeah. dude, you saw that that play that Bam had the other night where he just, like, stayed with the defender. He got shook and hey. stayed with the defender. and blo- Like, dude, That's Bam. That's Nigeria is- for you. That's a Nigeria for you. There you go. <laughs> Bam is nasty, man. I I I, I love Bam Adebayo. Man. And they getting another Nigerian back too, Victor Oladipo. Yeah, suppose we'll see what we're getting from. But they don't need him to be a top top tier player. They just need him to be serviceable at this point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, get in where you fit in, bro. Like they they're set. Their starting five is set. You weren't going to factor, and you're going to be off the bench. So yeah, I mean, it's Boston Boston been looking good. I mean, this is this is a lot of. To me, this is such a deep, deep East and West. I mean, think about it. Miami, all the way down to Brooklyn. All of them could win a championship. Not a championship. Get to the finals. Cleveland, maybe not so much, but Cleveland's gonna Cleveland's gonna come down a bit. I mean, Evan Mobley, I'm I'm happy. Rookie rookie of the year for sure for me. Who I was gonna say, who's the front runner for because we talk about young guys? Who's the front runner? It's, yeah. it's gotta be Evan Mobley or Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham's putting on a show and like people aren't like giving him his flowers either because he plays in Detroit. We're not gonna get a lot of exposure. But Cade Cunningham's doing some things, man. But Evan Mobley, like he's a big man who can shoot and he's very, very athletic. Yeah, as of right now, they got Evan Mobley as NBA.com has Evan Mobley as number one um, as far as chances to get it. He's averaging 14.8 points a game, 8.2 rebounds. 
That's a good. That's a good little rookie year right there. Fourteen. Cade's stat line. I'm pretty sure Cade's like, like. 14. They got Scotty Barnes uh, second on his list, and they got yeah, Cade Cunningham third. Sixteen five and five is Cade Cunningham. They probably because they probably played more games than him. That's why. So. France but, Wagner fourth, Josh Giddy, who I really like uh, for Oklahoma. Josh Giddy, yo, I I thought that was a joke, but he's he's yeah. talented. Ron Ron knew Ron Ron named his uh, fantasy basketball team the Giddy Ups, and that was before the season even started. He Ron Ron Dele Cruz knew, uh, but yeah, there's yeah. yeah, this is Chris Duarte. He's lower because he's been hurt. Jalen Suggs, this is there's a lot of good y'all. He, the NBA is in good hands. Like you know, we're talking about like Kevin Durant and LeBron James all the time, and they're about to retire soon, and you gotta know who like who's taking that torch. John Morant has that torch. Evan Moby's gonna be a face. Kate Cunningham's gonna be a face. Scotty Barnes is gonna be a face, and even like the mid, the like the middle aged guys, Doncic, still in young twenties. Luca's like mid, not not, not Luka, uh, Giannis is mid twenties. So the NBA is a good hands. It really, it really is. It's just they know it's. And Steph Curry, I mean, shit, Steph Curry, how how long can he play? We'll, we'll see, but, yeah, NBA's in good hands with young talent. I think it's going to be in good hands. There's a lot of good young talent you're seeing. Um, I mean, the Sixers are developing Maxi now, giving him his chance. Ooh, Maxie, can we really talk good. about Tyrese Maxi young we talent? Can. We can, we can, we really can, because Boy. I'm proud of that pick, and it's – I mean, people are saying that your third option isn't your third option anymore. It's true. He's your fourth option now. Maxie's your third option. So what did I tell you about Tyrese Maxie? I said that's the one play. I'm like, untouchable. Absolutely untouchable. I watched his kid, his rookie year, and I was like, oh, he's got potential. He's got he he's got potential to be to be special. And then uh this year, James Harden unlocked. I mean, he was already having a good start start to the season. James Harden unlocked something completely just unlocked just this this animal that he had. Mind you, James Harden allows Embiid to be wide open, allows Maxi to be wide open. So it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful love story that we have right now. Tobias Harris is expendable. I was looking at Tobias Harris contract. We could trade Tobias Harris to LA. Uh, we'll give him like uh, Danny Green as well, and we take LeBron off their hands. Not happening. Can you All imagine? Like, like I know, I know you'll clown me for, it, but yo, RJ Barrett is gonna be great. I'm telling you, man, he's gonna be a good player in the NBA. Like, but to, plays, to like to, at what at what cost? Like, do you just wait? Like, like what? Do you think he's ever gonna win you a playoff series? Just keep it real. Just keep it real. Like the way y'all do. If they put the talent around him with the Knicks, yes, I think he can. He's he can play numerous positions. Would you he want him play, to be a number one though? I would. I would not be. I would not be upset with him, depending on who they bring into town. I would not be upset with it. I think he's playing the one right now because Julius Randle isn't playing like a one, and he's handling it fine. But if he knows he has to go back to being the two, then he'll be okay with it. He looks like an all-around team player, and I. I really, really like the guy. I think he's good for the Knicks. And dude, let's you got to give the man his flowers. His last like couple games, he's been averaging 30 a game. Like, I want him on. to be good. Like I compared him to T Mac when he was coming out. I was like, he got a little T Mac. The lefty, he's lefty, you know, look kind of quirky, but but yeah, he got a little, he got a little a little Tracy in him. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not gonna write him off just yet. 
just the, the, Knicks are, the Knicks are just cursed, so I just don't trust in anybody who plays for them anymore. It's just oh, I don't, I don't either. But like when they took RJ Barrett and and I saw Zion was off the board, I was like, I'm okay with that. And I was like, give me Jaw or RJ. And they took Jaw second. I was like, I'm I'm a hundred percent fine with RJ Barrett, man. Like yeah. I didn't get that's that's like one pick that I've seen in a while that I have not been pissed at. Like I was pissed at the Kristaps Porzingis pick, even though I was a little bit happy afterward. Then I was just like wasted our time on this guy um i don't know everybody else i'm just like whatever it's like obi top and i was like yeah this is cool but where's he gonna play like gonna I give you a slam dunk competition raise a banner at madison square garden <laughs> we could have got a point guard maxi for that that we needed but we didn't we didn't draft max we took obi top and i like quickly but they don't play him like there's a lot of there's a lot of red flags in, in this like you got to use the talent you draft and it's a headache watching. Y'all gonna play. have Russell Westbrook next year. We all give y'all gonna give up Evan Forty and uh, some shit. Y'all gonna have him next year. Don't worry. Don't ever wish that on me. Don't ever wish that on me because I'll I'll pray to God that Listen, I have to, I have to watch my dog LeBron James play with this man for a year. I, I somebody else got to deal with him. So <laughs> somebody us, else got to deal with him. Ain't gonna be us, man. It better not be the Knicks. Knicks better not give him a call. Knicks better be calling Dame Dollar or some shit like that. But Dame, all I can say is. I am I am happy to see RJ Barrett flourishing and I like Jason Tatum's really good, Jalen Brown's really good. There's a lot of good young talent that's gonna be good for the NBA once these guys we're used to seeing. And it's crazy to say these guys are used to seeing because they're guys we started watching in high school. The Chris Pauls, the Carmelo Anthony's, the LeBron James, crazy. all of these, like Dwayne Wade's gone, Chris Bosch is gone. Like these Mark, are guys. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> The way away is so retired, it's it's crazy. Like him and Bosch have been retired for a while. <laughs> I know it's, it's crazy. insane to even think that. But NBA is in good hands, and I'm I'm happy the way it's going. So, um, I guess I guess let's wrap up the show. Let's do our little segment. You got? I'm I'm dying to hear what this is. So, all right. So, I was inspired uh, by uh, Inside the NBA last week. They they. Uh, they had this uh, two truths and a lie. So I was thinking, I want to play two truths and a lie. Let me see what A-Rod knows about his professional sports teams that he, that he cheers for. So I did two truths and a lies and a lie with the New York Knicks, with the, uh, the uh, New York Yankees and the New York Jets. And we're going to see how much you know about your professional franchises. Are you ready? I'm, I'm always love being your guinea pig. Let's I go. honestly do feel like you should do fine on these because you know, I kind of, you know, I was kind of like free balling it, trying to figure out, eh, we're going to see. So I'm going to give you two truths and a lie. You're going to tell me which one is a lie, okay? We're going to start off with the team that we're just talking about, the New York Knickerbockers. Uh, here are your, your two truths and a lie. Remember, tell me which one is the false, okay? The Knicks won their first game they played in. The Knicks won their first game that they played in. Two, the Knicks are one of the founding teams of the NBA. And number three, the Knicks are no longer the most valuable NBA franchise from a monetary standpoint. Which one is the lie? The Knicks won their first game. That is not correct. The Knicks actually did win their first game they played in. Wow, I I would be like, Against Toronto. They weren't known as the Raptors at the point. point. Yeah, I think it was the Huskies. The first oh, ever game that the New York Knickerbockers played in, they won. 
the false one is the Knicks are no longer the most valuable NBA franchise. They are that still my second one. They are still, no matter all the shit that they've gone through, Golden State is creeping up on them, and the Lakers are, are right there too. But all the shit, still the most valuable franchise. But you know why that is? Is because of um all the marketing endorsements that they have for MSG. With of course, of course. All the, like the news stations, all of that, everything. There. But that's so, what Staples Center is trying to be, and Golden State and Tech. I mean, they, they moved to San Francisco for tech a reason. Data. Tech they data moved there. to San Francisco for a reason. They try to get they try to get pay paid. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, you got that one wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Another team that we were kind of talking about today was Stanton and uh and uh all the boys, the New York Yankees. All right, mm, yeah. three truths. I mean, two truths and a lie. Here are your three. The Yankees have retired 22 uh numbers. The Yankees official theme song is Here Comes the Yankees, and the Yankees were once known as the Highlanders. Which one is the lie? Mm. Two? Here come the Yankees. I've never heard that before. That is actually the name of the theme song of the Yankees. Is here comes the Yankees. <laughs> never heard the lie is that the Yankees have retired twenty-two numbers. They're not there yet. They retired eighteen. Okay, I you guys were one. You guys were started off as the New York Highlanders. You can't, you can't. Yeah, I knew that one. You can't, you can't get a single digit number in New York. That's for sure. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> but what have I done since '09? Anyway, I'll stop. Let me 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 stop. All right, let's move on to the Jets. Just sell the team. Okay. Two. Okay. You. By the way, you're zero for two on your favorite teams. By the way, it's. You should, hey, you guys, you this is why, left, here come the Yankees with me later. This is why he's a fair weather fan because he don't know no no shit about know nothing. Small, so. Here, two truths and a lie. Here we go. Curtis Martin had ten straight one thousand yard uh, uh, rushing seasons. Joe Namath did once started as a running back for the University of Auburn. And the Jets were once known as the Titans of New York, the New York Titans. Well, that one's true. They were the New York Titans. Joe Montana was a quarterback at Alabama. I, don't I said know Joe if, Namath. Or Joe Namath was a quarterback at Alabama. I don't know if he was ever running back at Auburn. Uh, so I'm going to go with option two on this one, Joe Namath. That's correct. <laughs> that is correct. He quarterback for Alabama, never played a lick of yeah. football for Auburn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he said I'm a running back, and they were like, We see you as a quarterback. Come on over here. And I mean, he's like, got he didn't look at the tallest guy in the world. I thought that was I'll jump, I'll jump in the transfer portal real quick. Real. <laughs> what, 1965, they had a transfer portal. <laughs> <laughs> you had to send it, you had to send it through snail mail, man. <laughs> he was like, Look, Coach Bear Bryant, you can come get me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right man that is that is uh you went well for i like that that was fun we gotta we gotta do that more often i'll, I'll yeah. you know what? i gotta put you on the spot next time. i'm not gonna do this shit whatever you have to ask i was gonna do players i was gonna do teaching like with specific players but that was a little too hard i was gonna do jeter patrick ewing and curtis martin but i was like nah that's a little mm. bit much it's <laughs> a little much i'll make a team century gotcha. <laughs> gotcha all right well that's the show you can find us in Tie game right now, man, in the, in the third. We're gonna 75 lose by ball. 
We're going to lose by 20. I know that. Uh, find us on Twitter at fair underscore weather pod, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, just search fair weather podcast. And wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you can hear the audio there as well. Uh, MLB fix that shit. Uh, Seriously. And, uh, LeBron, please fix this shit. Um, please. And what other sport? Uh, football, Holly Road, but don't fuck this shit up, please. That's all I got. <laughs> Joe Douglas, just your bags are packed after the season. So <laughs> just move on, Joe, Joe Douglas. Man, we'll take you back. Joe Douglas, we'll take you back in Philly. We'll 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 put you like in front in, in charge of the death, man. Put them pushing pencils, man. <laughs> hey, uh, fly Eagles, fly, go sixers. Sorry about your Knicks. We're gonna whoop that ass. Peace. By 20. By 20. <laughs> I'm not going to